Hello, and welcome to Tale of Tales. We will be looking at the tales of how folk tales and fairy tales came to be. Today, I want to look at Aladdin, or, as it's sometimes called, Aladdin and the Wondrous Genie, Aladdin and the Magical Genie, Aladdin and the Lamp. The tale of Aladdin is a folk tale from the Arabian or Persian area, although, historically, it does usually take place also in China. The tale of Aladdin originates in the 1001 Nights, also sometimes called the Hundred Nights, or, in English, the Arabian Nights. Because, well, it originated in the Arabic area. And it's important to know that the 1001 Nights is a framing device for a lot of stories and folk tales, including Aladdin. The Arabian Nights, or 1001 Nights, is a framing device in which a sultan hires a storyteller to tell someone in his family, it varies at times, a story every night. And should the storyteller fail for any reason at all, then he will die. And one of the stories from this storyteller's is the tale of Aladdin. Now, you probably know Aladdin. You've seen the Disney version. Isn't it, like, the same as all the others? No, not at all. In fact, it has some very big differences from the ones found usually in the Arabian Nights story. Critically, I looked at one such version translated to English in 1885 called Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp. And so I want to take a little time to look at that version and compare it to Disney's, which, frankly, I think most people in America know. Let's start with where it begins. China. You're surprised, aren't you? Yes, it begins in China, of all places. It doesn't specify where, it's just one city in China. But it does begin in China. It also begins with a lad named Aladdin. And Aladdin actually lives with his mother. Which is partly because they're poor and he's young. Now, Disney does get one comparative thing right. The Aladdin in this version is just as troublesome as Disney's. In fact, he's routinely in trouble. He's a never-do-well. He is, as Disney put it, a street rat. Now, you've got the introduction. You know Aladdin. But how does the genie figure into this? Well, initially, he doesn't. In fact, the story begins with Aladdin meeting a sorcerer. Now, this isn't just any sorcerer. This is a sorcerer from northern Africa who has come to China in search of an oil lamp. And he's something of a special trickster. The sorcerer arrives and pretends to be Aladdin's uncle, basically. And he promises to make Aladdin rich, set him up as a wealthy merchant, and as a proof of concept, 
he gives Aladdin a ring. No real reason to it. That's just what uncles do. He then convinces Aladdin to go and retrieve an oil lamp from a magic cave in the desert. Now, I know, I know, you're going, I've seen this. This is not going to end well. You're right. When Aladdin goes to fetch the lamp, sure enough, the sorcerer who's taking the lamp backstabs him and Aladdin's stuck at the bottom of the cave with a ring, the oil lamp, and that's it. How does he get out? Well, the young lad in desperation rubs his hands together and a genie pops out of the ring. Not the lamp. That's right. The genie is in the magic ring. And the never-do-well Aladdin has the genie return him. It's a wish, not a trick. But he has the genie return him home with his mother. Now, the genie also returns the oil lamp. The wonderful oil lamp. And as it goes... Ladin puts the lamp on the table, and his mother, who's very poor, again, I want to repeat that, very poor, decides, I'm going to clean this oil lamp up, it's a very nice lamp, and I'm going to sell it, and we'll have dinner. We all know where this is going. She has Aladdin clean the lamp, he's rubbing the lamp, and poof, out comes a second genie. A more powerful genie than the one before. And using this brand new genie, Aladdin goes, I want to be wealthy. And he is. A very wealthy, very powerful person. Then Aladdin uses the genie again. This time, he wants to arrange a marriage with the Sultan's daughter, the princess. To do so, he first has to ruin an arranged marriage between the sultan's daughter and the vizier's son. This will come back to haunt. But he doesn't. And a genie goes along with it. And everything goes perfect, right? Not exactly. In revenge for screwing up the vizier's son's marriage, the vizier contacts the sorcerer, or lets a rumor go. It varies with versions. And the sorcerer returns. He tricks the sultan's daughter, who at this point is living in an even more extravagant palace than before, made by the genie, into giving him the lamp. Why wouldn't she? It's an oil lamp. She has lots. What is, what's so important about this lamp? Well, it does have the genie. Needless to say, giving the sorcerer the lamp was a bad idea. And Aladdin has to go out of his way to uh, fix this. Now, he does still have the magic ring with the genie in it, the less powerful genie. And this genie cannot directly interfere with the lamp's genie. So if the lamp genie says, let there be light... The ring genie can't make it dark. So what does Aladdin do? 
Simple. Aladdin basically has the ring genie teleport him right next to the sorcerer, and Aladdin kills the sorcerer. And that's Aladdin and the Wondrous Lamp. And I want to compare this version with Disney's version, of course. But I want to take a few moments beforehand to mention a few other stories with similarities to this one, the 1885 Aladdin and the Wondrous Lamp, and Disney's. But before I do that, I want to mention a few things about this and some similarities to other fairy tales and folk tales that I can't quite get into in detail, but I will mention briefly. First is The Bronze Ring by Scottish poet and writer Andrew Ling, which has a ring, bronze, not gold, wishes, and the same exact wishes, to be wealthy, to be married to the princess, and it has a lot of bearings with Aladdin and the Wondrous Lamp. Another one, another story, if you will, is called The Tinderbox. And The Tinderbox is a story by Hans Christian Andersen. Probably heard the name. It's uh, basically a soldier gets a tinderbox capable of summoning three dogs to do his bidding. And the first dog is used to basically take the captured princess to his room. He gets caught. And promptly after that, uses the dog to get out of the wish. And it has a lot of connections with, you guessed it, Aladdin and the Wondrous Lamp. I wanted to mention those two simply because they have a lot of connection, but they are also heavily based on Aladdin and the Wondrous Lamp. So I thought I'd mention those two if you're interested. With that said, we're going to finish up by comparing the well-known Disney Aladdin 1992 with Aladdin and the Wondrous Lamp. So where do we start? Well, in both tales, the main character is a young boy named Aladdin, who is always in trouble. But there's a lot about the start of the story that's different as well. Well, in Disney's Aladdin... Aladdin lives in Agrabah, a city supposedly in the Middle East, but also with a little bit of Indian... uh, It's got the Taj Mahal, is what it's got. And in Aladdin and the Wondrous Lamp, Aladdin lives in China. We don't even really get a city name in this one. So what else do we have that's similar? Well... Aladdin uses that second wish in both versions to marry the princess. And there's a little difference in how it's done. Disney's show and pomp is kind of cool, but it's not inherently different. I mean, Aladdin and the Wondrous Lamp just gives Aladdin a lot of money to make this work. What about the other things? Well, the vizier's still there, but the vizier in Aladdin and the Wondrous Lamp is not an especially evil man. He's an angry person because Aladdin just ruined his son's marriage. But that's kind of understandable. I wouldn't be happy if someone did that either. But in both of them, there is a sorcerer 
Disney's Aladdin has Jafar, who becomes a sorcerer, and before that is more of an alchemist. And Aladdin in the Wondrous Lamp has the sorcerer from Northern Africa. But they're still not all that similar. The sorcerer never really shows interest in marrying the princess's daughter. Not in Aladdin in the Wondrous Lamp, anyway. And he has no real interest besides wanting the lamp. Now, he and Jafar both double-cross Aladdin and dump him down the cave, which does not actually have a name in, as far as I can tell, has no name in the 1885 version, but they both double-cross him and dump him down there. And Aladdin's method of escape is to use a genie that he lucks upon. Uh, In the movie, he rubs the lamp to clean it, and out comes Robin Williams. What a wonderful surprise. In the Arabian Nights, he rubs a ring because he's desperate, he's cold, and out pops a genie. And admittedly, admittedly, the movie has Aladdin trick the genie to get him out, so that he keeps his three wishes. Whereas in the story, Aladdin simply wishes himself out. Now, there's a reason for that. And it's the biggest, and I think the crucial difference here. In the story, there is actually two genies. One inside the ring, and one inside the lamp. In the movie, you only get the one genie. Well, besides Jafar. And that is a crucial difference, because the stories play out a little differently at the end, based on that extra genie. In the movie, which is kid-friendly, Jafar is tricked into becoming a genie. In the story, Aladdin just kills the sorcerer. It's a little bit of a brutal ending, which is actually fairly common in these written fairy tales. But it is a little different. Just a little. And of course, there's also the change in Jafar. As I said, in the movie, he's a cruel, cruel man. In the book, he's not really that all bad. But that cruelty in the movie kind of changes how he plays out, even if he was a sorcerer. He's vain, he's arrogant, and oh yes... At the end of the movie, he's trapped in a lamp. But that really is the bulk of the comparison. In the book, in the Arabian Nights, there's two genies. One is less powerful than the other. And the vizier's not the evil bad man. You know, it's a sorcerer. The sultan's also a little smarter. But that's a different story. And uh, that's all the time I have for this podcast. So goodbye.